Okay, here we go with Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Morning, Keith. Good morning. Okay, let's start with the leaked memo here. Dro- from dropped memo. The dropped memo. <laughs> <laughs> this is hilarious. So this is the BC Energy Minister, Josie Osborne. She writes an email to herself, prints it out, and then drops it on the floor of the legislature, and lo and behold, the opposition finds or, it, right? Is that what happened here? Or in a corridor. In a corridor? Okay. It somehow. It's, it's a fascinating email. Um, yeah. Again, it's her uh, um, cutting and pasting um, some stuff she got from what she calls an advisor. And uh-huh. in the memo it says an advisor who used to work at Energy now works at Forest. You can draw your own conclusions who that might be. But it's sort of a two-part uh, memo. One is the talk about the need to give back some sort of uh, saying the premier is looking for a shiny. Um, what does it say in the? Is memo? it a, a, a big, a big and shiny? If if we're looking for a big and shiny affordability there measure for the budget, we should give people a one-off, a one-off credit on their hydro bill. Basically, a a, a clean BC or a, a high, uh, basically a carbon tax rebate. Yeah, we put a carbon tax rebate and on al- your on your hydro bill. And also talks about a potential freeze on hydro rates. Yeah. So that's yeah. the first part of the memo. The second part, though, talks about basically says there's not enough uh, electricity supply to uh, electrify a lot of the projects that are coming on are being proposed or coming yes. on stream. You've got a big, huge hydrogen project up in, in the north yeah. um, that requires massive amounts of electrification, and there's not enough supply. So, uh, BC Hydro has a power call going out next spring. Um, for 3,000, I think, gigawatt hours. I'm, yeah. Excuse my lack of knowledge of electricity terms. But yeah. um, uh, Site C itself is going to be able to electrify 430,000 homes, I think, or 1.7 million electrical vehicles, but yeah. not both, right. yeah. one or the other. Right. right. And then you've got these other massive projects coming on, and the need to electrify everything is huge. So... there's not enough electricity out there. And that's what the second part of the memo uh, talks about, which is, again, it's a fascinating summary of the electricity problem facing the B.C. government. On the one hand, the need to give some financial uh, give back tied to the carbon tax uh, and, and hydro rates. And the second part is, where does all the electricity going to come from? Yeah, it really is a look behind the curtain here. You know, we're we're seeing... also, it just seems to show what... Ministers are talking about to each other. Yeah, you know, uh, it's, it's so. It's, I'm glad Josie Osborne inadvertently dropped this thing uh, yeah. over a sheaf of papers. It landed on the floor somewhere in this building, and it made its way into the hands of the BC United yeah. Party. Raised it in, in uh, question period last week. Probably the best thing the BC United's had in its hands since for for years. Just a gift, an absolute gift to the opposition here because this all follows of course you got Kevin Falcon the BC United leader calling for breaks on you know he wants to uh, freeze the carbon tax, he wants to eliminate the carbon tax on home heating fuel, he wants to shut down the government's entire climate change program. Yeah. Yeah. And you had EB saying like oh you're a flip-flopper, we've got to fight climate change and look you guys are turning your back on climate change. And then, lo and behold, here comes this memo saying, well, maybe we should give back carbon tax money to people. But you're you're not going to see this government's 
And the NDP government scrapped the carbon tax. Well, no, That's but it sounds happen. like they're, they're going to do something. And they're it's good. like you've been saying for a couple yeah. of weeks now as we've been discussing this. You watch. EB's going to feel the pressure yeah. here. He's going to have to do something. Gonna, and they are they are they, planning they, to do they something, clearly. To do something. I don't think the carbon tax is going to be scrapped. I don't think it's going to be reduced. It might be frozen. But you are going to see, I would think, some sort of rebate scheme or a hydro rate freeze. Remember Glenn Clark back in the 90s, Mr. Freeze, before the 96 election, froze hydro rates, ICBC rates, ferry fares. Uh, He was dubbed Mr. Freeze. It's an effective political And it worked. Yeah. It worked. It worked to a degree. Okay, to a big degree. He won that election in an upset. Okay, let's listen to Kevin Falcon here. Now, this is the leader of the opposition. BC United after they, they find this memo somewhere in the legislature and he, he, he jumps here on this uh, term in the memo that we need to give taxpayers something big and shiny here give them a give them a carbon tax rebate he jumps on that here let's have a listen uh, we're gonna see how this plays out uh, I'm not gonna take anything off the table but I'm also not looking for a f- that's not the right clip that's, that is Justin Trudeau. Justin Trudeau do we have the Falcon clip there Tim Okay, we don't have the Falcon clip. Okay, basically what he says, he jumps all over this big and shiny thing. And uh, Well, I mean, the, the, the BC United is sort of a part-way gift for them uh, that it does expose the NDP's thinking on this. On the other hand, if the government does turn around and give a rebate, um, that's not going to be unpopular. So what the memo has served a purpose that it does show the government's thinking about giving something back. Okay, we have it now. Let's listen to Falcon here. Have a listen. The NDP are reacting to the public pressure they're seeing over the relentless carbon tax hikes and their uh, cost BC environmental scheme that's going to layer even more costs on British Columbians. And what is their response? Let's find something big and shiny to distract the public. Okay, your thoughts? Well, I mean, big and shiny, whether it distracts the public or not, that's the aim of the whole rebate scheme. Um, What's going to be interesting, once we get past this particular hiccup, as we get into the next election, the BC United has framed itself as being against the entire clean energy plan. Yeah. And we'll see how far the NDP goes in terms of um, softening that plan or changing that plan. Because if yeah. you don't have enough electricity to meet these goals, then how effective is that plan going to be? Yeah. The it's, government feeling the pressure here on it for sure. Let's have a listen to the energy minister here. Now, this is Josie Osborne. This is her her memo. And she's asked about the contents of the memo, about giving a big and shiny t- carbon tax rebate to the public. And I think here, you'll, you're here. She, she, doesn't, uh, she doesn't back away from no, it here. She doesn't. she doesn't back away from it here. Let's have a listen. All ideas are on the table, and we're going to continue to press and look for everything we can do to support affordability. We know we're in the middle of the biggest transition that our economy has seen. We're going to keep pushing for investments into into BC's clean economy, but we have to do this in a way that's affordable for British Columbians. Yeah, well, kudos to Osborne for coming out. She, went, you know, after this thing out, she went back to her office. We all waited in the hallway. Uh, we were told she's coming back. She came back, and you know. Owned it. Stood her, stood her ground. Yes, owned it. Didn't walk away. Um, yeah. Took all the questions. And you're right. She didn't back away. She yeah. said, no, this is. So what, what basically happened, as you and I have been discussing, and others as well, for several weeks, we thought there's going to be a rebate scheme. There's something's up. Yeah. This yeah. was the first acknowledgement where she said, yeah, something's up. Yeah. Everything's on the table. Uh, uh, not dismissing this at all. So, you know. Full marks to her for doing that. Well, we'll see how this what this translates. We don't know whether we're going to see this before the budget, yeah. or whether it's in the budget. Is it going to be a rebate scheme? Is it going to be monthly? Is this as this memo talks about, or is it just a freeze on hydro rates? Yeah. 
which I think is probably the most likely thing to happen. Um, but we'll see what, what measures it, it unfolds. Something's coming. We know that something's, something's coming. coming. Okay, let's take a look next door in Alberta. Now, Danielle Smith, the Alberta Premier, uh, has said that she will invoke this controversial Alberta Sovereignty Act that her government passed. The Alberta Sovereignty in the United Canada Act, I think is what it's called. Is that what it is? Yeah. Okay. The Sovereignty <laughs> Act for short here. And now this is in in response to the federal government's Clean electricity regulations, which would require net zero electricity generation across the country by 2035. Now, Alberta still uses a ton of fossil fuel to generate their electricity, right? Natural gas, yeah. Yeah. So I got some sympathy for Smith on some of this, not for the Sovereignty Act, which I think is against the spirit of Canada. But Alberta's in a different place, for example, than B.C. Yeah. I mean, they're way more attached to fossil fuels to their credit, they've been weaning themselves off coal significantly over the last few years, but it's going to be harder for them to get to this target by 2035 than, than BC or, or a number of other provinces. So on the one hand, I don't necessarily blame Smith for, for t- sort of taking a stand here. The, sovereign, the, the tool she's using, though, is problematic, but we'll see. I mean, she's going to introduce it today. Yeah, and she says basically that it's impossible for Alberta to meet these yeah. standards, so therefore she's going to trigger this Sovereignty Act, well, which would, which would, uh, in theory, nullify any federal law, this federal law. Constitutionally, provinces have the power over, over have the jurisdictional power over electricity. Natural resources. And natural too. resources. Yeah. So Ottawa's stepping into a province's constitutional authority here, yeah. and we'll see what happens in the courts, presuming it goes to courts. But again, back to these targets and these deadlines that are set arbitrarily, it's not every province is in the same spot as every other one. Yeah. Alberta's in a different spot than B.C. And again, Internationally, nobody meets these targets. They're they're set by academics and so-called experts, and the the political realities are different. Okay, let's listen to Danielle Smith here. This is her speaking on the weekend about invoking the Sovereignty Act in Alberta. Have a listen. We will not put our, 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 our uh, operators at risk of going to jail if they do not achieve the targets that have been set, which we believe are unachievable. I have to tell you, I don't want to do this. I, I, I really did. From the very first conversation I had with Justin Trudeau, say I wanted to work with him on this. She doesn't want to nullify federal laws and regulations here, but, you know, Trudeau's forcing her to she do it. She also raises the specter that someone's going to go to jail if you if you break the regulations, which, as well, I say, that's nonsense. It's not going to happen. You know, it, there might be some fines under the 1999, I think, Clean Energy Act, but uh, there's no jail time here. Yeah, well, let's listen to Trudeau here, because Trudeau was asked, well, what about this Sovereignty Act? What if she follows through on this? Here's what he said. Uh, we're going to see how this plays out. Uh, I'm not going to take anything off the table, but I'm also not looking for a fight. Uh, we want to continue to be there to deliver for Albertans. Your thoughts? Yeah, well, again, where he says basically he's not pushing back here. He's um, not looking for a fight, but he's got to fight anyway. Well, we'll see how far, how far he, how tough he makes this fight. Yeah. Maybe it ends up in court. I don't think you're going to see I think it's going to be a pillow fight for a while. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, Danielle Smith asserting her... What she thinks to be her jurisdictional authority here plays well to Albertans, sticking up sure. Alberta oh, sure. against Ottawa. Few premiers lose ground by by tackling Ottawa, the big meanie back yeah. east. So that works well for her on that. I think the feds, I don't, again, with an election drawing ever closer, I don't think the feds are going to make too much of this. Baldry's beat right to your phone calls here. John in the North Shore. Hi, John. Go ahead. 
morning, guys. Um, the the only rebate I want are are uh, cutting carbon taxes on diesel so that we can deliver your food to your tables cheaper because it's really out of hand for diesel. Okay, thank you for that, Keith. Your thoughts? Yeah, I'm not aware of that. It would, diesel's worse than other. Well, let, well, let's take a look at the. I'm looking at the the escalation chart here. So diesel, um, the current carbon tax right now is 16.85 cents per liter on carbon on diesel set to increase to 20.74 cents per liter on April 1st next year. So, so these are some big increases in the carbon tax that are scheduled here. An increase is coming at a time when the cost of living continues to be an issue with people. Yeah. So this wasn't an issue 10 years ago when the carbon tax would go up every April 1st by, you know, a couple cents or whatever. It it didn't it wasn't it wasn't really hitting you in the pocketbook. Yeah. Because cost of living was something you was not an issue. Now, cost of, every dollar is precious to people, yeah. and so when you've got inflation, even though inflation is down to four percent now, which is great, but you know when it was running at eight percent, but it doesn't necessarily translate to lower food costs. Food costs, when you go to your grocery store, are still really high, yeah. and people are starting to notice this. And so when you get dinged with another tax increase, it becomes a much bigger political issue than it was before. Which is again, will the government? Can the government freeze? It's unclear with the federal legislation whether the government can freeze the carbon tax on April first. We'll have to check that. But that's one option. The the rebate scheme's another. Freezing hydro rates is another. I think one of the, one or more of those things are going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Let's go to Hardy in Delta. Hi, Hardy. Go ahead. Well, quickly, two points. Uh, I mean, I think unfortunately the NDP is going to have a cakewalk next election. There's two reasons why: John and Rustat. I mean, he's he's making Kevin Falcon look like a fool out there, and. As much as I don't want Kevin Falcon to be premier, I, I think it's really bad for the political discourse to have such an easy cakewalk of election, the inverse okay. of the, the federal situation. And the second thing is on this study that came out and talked about the carbon tax, the study, you know, where 11, the GDP will go down $11,000 per household, blah, blah, yeah. blah. I haven't seen it. I wonder if you guys have. I think the biggest problem is, is it doesn't factor in the cost of staying the course where Rustad and Falcon want to go, but not dealing with climate change. Okay, it, thank it you. A- thank, thank you for the call. Um, J- John Rustad, of course, is the leader of the Conservative Party of BC, who's causing all kinds of mayhem here in BC politics, right? <laughs> go ahead. Yeah, and he's enjoying every minute of it. Yeah. I can tell you that yeah. here at the ledge. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's BC United has a serious problem on its hands, and that's yeah. the BC Conservative Party. Yes. Uh, this is not like 2013, which Kevin Falcon said, oh, it's like 2013, everybody counted us out, we ended up winning, everybody thought the BC Conservatives were this big thing in 2013, f- turned out to fizzle out. I think the circumstances are different. Yeah. When BC United is not a known entity, yeah. people don't know what it is. People know what <clears throat> the BC Conservatives are because yeah. it's just, you know, what conservative means. Yeah. So it's this ongoing identity problem with BC United. They claim to have a big rebrand campaign coming out any day now. Well, the BC United B- does. BC United. Yeah. We're waiting. We'll yeah. see. <laughs> uh, it's a challenge for them. And, and uh, there's, there's some serious problems on the center right part of the political spectrum for sure.